Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, that's me, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the Ion Travel Podcast with CBS News Travel Editor Peter Greenberg, presented by Clear. Enroll today at clearme.com slash Peter and try Clear at the busiest airports nationwide. Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here with another edition of the Ion Travel Podcast. This week, a special report from London 
as the United Kingdom opens up to vaccinated Americans. I'll chat with Simon Calder from The Independent on what the opening really means and, in some cases, the games travelers may have to play. Then Matthew Upchurch, the CEO of Virtuoso, on the emotional experience that greets most travelers, as well as the serious staff challenges in the travel industry to meet the new demand. And Roger Dow, the CEO of the United States Travel Association, on what it means for the U.S. economy now that vaccinated travelers from Europe and the United Kingdom can now come to America in November. First up, from The Independent in London, Simon Calder. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. How are you, sir? Peter, I cannot tell you how lovely, uh, this is going to sound all wrong, how lovely it is to see your face and the, the <laughs> excellent production team you have, simply because it does remind you that human contact is what it's all about, as opposed to, um, you know, it's been terrific that we've got technological solutions, but there's nothing like face-to-face, looking somebody in the eye. Well, to put this in perspective, this is the first time we've seen each other in person in about two years. Uh, yeah, exactly. And um, it, it's great to see you back here. And um, I'm, I'm just so glad that you, and lots of your fellow countrymen are putting up with our slightly eccentric, slightly British um, requirements to would come you, Would in. you like to expound on that? Well, OK, so so here we are in October. There are three different policies just coming back into England alone that will prevail for uh, US visitors coming into the UK. So, right. uh, well, OK, so until the 4th of October, you are going to have to have a test before you board a flight from the US to come to the UK and uh, a, a, a PCR test um, on the day you arrive or one of the two following days. As from the 4th, which is coming right up. You don't need to take that test before flying. So actually, if you were thinking of flying on the, um, uh, the, the, the today, then um, I might might delay it by 24 hours or so. Yes, if, if you are then travelling from then until some unspecified date in late October, all you need to do is pre-book that PCR test. And then from some, maybe the 29th, it's been mentioned. Who knows? We haven't been told. It will change from a PCR to a lateral flow or antigen test. I hope you're following this i am and the thing is if you do the lateral flow antigen test you get much more rapid results and you can be on your way oh oh, sure yeah it's, it's quicker cheaper everything in favor of it so um it's not not perfect yet but it's better than it was and um yeah we are just very very grateful that uh visitors are coming back in to see us because i absolutely accept that we haven't made life easy for you no you haven't to put things in perspective up until just now if i come in from a red country or a red listed country or if I'm not vaccinated, I have to automatically quarantine myself for 11 days uh, at my expense, which runs at about 2,200 pounds. That's about $3,000. And when I say quarantine, you're not quarantining in luxury. You're at a hotel where you can't, everything short of an ankle bracelet and a security guard, you're not going anywhere. Exactly. Yep. You're going to be on what I call isolation row, uh, just in the strip of hotels just north of um, 
Heathrow Airport. Now that applies to our famous red list. So that includes countries such as um, South Africa, uh, Brazil, in fact, the whole of uh, South America, Mexico, a number of Asian locations as well. Okay, now here's the irony. Here's the irony. As an American, I can go to Mexico. Yes. No problemo. (laughs) And then I can turn around the same day Come back through the U.S., no problem coming into the United Kingdom. Well, you would be expected, Peter, to declare the fact that, uh, yes, I nipped across to Tijuana. Um, I had a margarita. I came back. and I'm afraid- I have never declared that I've been in Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> that was even pre-pandemic. But I know what you're saying. But people, the honor system doesn't work. Well, uh, the, the, the um, ladies and gentlemen of the UK board of quite a lot of passports and so if there was evidence that maybe you'd strayed south of the border they would uh, probably pick that up but again to show you how ridiculous it is i can get into the u.s if i go and launder my uk status for two weeks in tijuana or cancun or anywhere else i want in mexico I can then come to the US, but I have to stay there at least 10 days to launder my Mexico status before I come back into the UK. <laughs> so, so, you, so travel has turned into one giant laundromat. It has. I mean, it's, look, people are either healthy and vaccinated or they're not. I believe, and you can disagree with me if you want, that it's not about the, the metrics need to morph from, from the, the vaccination level of the destination that you're going to, to the vaccination level of the people who want to go. Yes. If I'm doubly vaccinated and I'm wearing a mask and I'm playing by the rules, no matter what country I'm coming from, wouldn't that be enough? Well, that's exactly what a lot of forward-thinking countries are doing. For instance, I've just been to Germany. For that, I just needed to fill in a simple online form. As you know, pretty much anywhere you want to go, you're going to have to go online and, and fill in their declaration. That was that took two minutes. Um, I just produced proof of my, my vaccination in the UK, and that was absolutely fine. And while the UK has a, a red list with 54 nations on it, that's um, roughly a quarter of the world, depends how you count it. The um, Germans have a red list with no countries on it because they just say, yep, if you've been jabbed, we like you. We don't really mind where you've been. If you haven't, then there's some problems we need to talk. And let me throw, throw in the, 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 the trifecta here. <laughs> the US has a level floor for do not travel list covering 80% of the globe. Yes, um, but to be fair, I, I, the, the line coming out of the Centers for Disease Control, as I understand it, is has always been, do not travel if you are not fully vaccinated. If you are fully vaccinated, off you go. But clearly, there, there are different levels of, um, of warning against different places. It's, uh, it's an absolute muddle and uh, particularly tricky uh, for anybody planning a multi-centre uh, vacation or business trip where you're going from country from the US to country A to B to C because you then have multiples oh, of let me of share complexity. you my experience. Go on then. I've gone in the last week from the US to Portugal, from Portugal to the United Kingdom, and from the United Kingdom back to the US. That means by the time I land back in the US, and it's only been seven days, I will have been tested four times. <laughs> yes, and look, I, I think I think we will particularly uh, business travel. Wait a minute, I'm wrong, five times. <laughs> Uh, yes, we, I think we have to get used to the idea of testing. Let's hope that it gets faster and smarter and cheaper um, so that because uh, I imagine you've also spent a good few hundred dollars on those tests. Oh, yeah. And, and here's the thing. 
I'm not opposed to it. I just I just need to understand how it works because nobody's talking to anybody else. Everybody's in a different silo. Everybody has different rules. I mean, I was I was actually sent a document the other day. All the places in the in the world that Americans can go. This is the doc. The document was 80 pages. Because it wasn't like yes you can go. It was yes you could go, comma, but and then all the things you had that all the hoops you had to jump through just to do that. It's so confusing. Uh, so many of my listeners are asking me questions that I can answer today that won't be valid tomorrow. Oh, sure. And it's not just within individual nations, as you will know, of course, from the United States and uh, like that, Australia, which clearly doesn't want the likes of me and certainly not even you and your lovely listeners anytime soon. Simon, now that we've established how confusing it is to go from A to B, let's assume just for the sake of our discussion, we got to B, right? <laughs> uh, where can we go now? And where, you know, you, I know you're always asked this, but at this time of the year, it's, it's especially appropriate. Now that we've given a little bit more freedom to travel, where should we go? Okay, so from a US point of view, the world mostly wants you because, of course, um, everyone will be traveling responsibly. Hopefully, everybody will be fully jabbed. Quite possibly, you're not going to be able to get into a country unless you are. Furthermore, you have a proud track record of being very good spenders and demanding quality and um, generally wishing to explore, which is great. So the UK is actually a pretty good place to start. I think once you uh, get through the arrivals issues here, then you can travel anywhere within the UK um, relatively straightforwardly. We yeah, we, we have um, uh, these quaint trains and, uh, of course, domestic flights as well. But it's October, Peter, and therefore I think people are going to be heading south. And you came into Portugal. That was quite tough. Um, Spain is being more welcoming at the moment, I think. And uh, the beautiful Canary Islands, which are effectively um, pretty much halfway from the UK to the equator. So you're getting quite a lot warmer. Uh, they well, are, speaking about quite a lot warmer, they have a small little volcano right now in Las Palmas. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, I think actually La Palma, um, the island of La Palma, yes, if yes. I'm not mistaken. Yes. yes. So uh, that, that that's quite, um, uh, quite, quite lively at the moment, seismologically. Um, but then looking in the other direction, down the uh, beautiful Mediterranean, the Greek islands, which are, as you know, absolutely gorgeous and different everyone. and this is the time to go because I was there in in July when it was crazy and mm. crowded and I wouldn't I was on a ship broadcasting from the ship when we got to Santorini I would not leave the ship Santorini was like bumper to bumper yes but you want to go in September and October those are the magic months in the med uh, they are and the the uh, water has been warming gently during the summer so actually even in late October you can enjoy water that's as, as good as it was in in July uh furthermore because the Greeks, as you found out that day in Santorini, have had such an incredibly successful summer compared with the rest of Europe, they're about 14% down on uh, 2019, which is frankly amazing in these difficult days. Because they've had such a great summer, they are now trying to extend the season. And so previously, you might have gone to Santorini in um, you know, the end of October, beginning of November, and just found everything closed. But no, they are keeping open at least on the key uh, vacation islands. So that will be Crete, Rome. Corfu, Santorini, Mykonos, and of course Athens any time of year is a great city. Exactly. Uh, my picks, by the way, for the end of the year travel, all have like social distancing baked in. So yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, St. Helena, if, oh, you, if you can yeah. get there, right? Yes. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Pemba Island, which oh, is yeah, off Zanzibar. Yeah. 
Uh, unbelievable place like that. Uh, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of a place you can't get to right now, but when they open up, I'll be first online, which is Tasmania. Uh, yeah. But for those first two, you can go. And, and you're not going to get crowded. You're going to have social distancing baked in. Great beaches, great hiking, great topography, and not a lot of people. Oh, sure. And the, the, just a, a note on that, the um, uh, link that I think you have used from Johannesburg at Vivinto yeah. to, um, uh, to St. Helena, that's not working at the moment. However, from here in uh, the UK, you can fly direct there. Um, Who's the, flying it? Uh, it's an airline called Titan Airways. It's a bit of a niche product. It's going to cost you a bit good... of a niche project. No, I've never heard of them. <laughs> uh, okay, and well, a very good airline. And I think they're using a, 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 a narrow-bodied Airbus refuels. I think in Accra in Ghana, and it will get you there, kind of in about. But the good news is. When I flew it, there was only one flight out of Johannesburg a week. You refueled in Windhoek in Namibia and then out into the South Atlantic. If you missed the flight, you were there another week. <laughs> yes. uh, and that's assuming they had a seat for you. Yeah. Um, of course, for those people who follow our stories on, on, on uh, PBS, on The Travel Detective, we did a special on St. Helena. And before that flight, the only way you could get there was by, by mail ship which left maybe once every five weeks from Cape Town. What an adventure that was. And then the folks in St. Helena said, you know, we really want to be in the 21st century one an airport, but they got rid of the mail ship. They never should have gotten rid of the mail yeah. ship. And, and the, they built an airport, and it, they built it on a very windy part of the island with a crazy approach. And I'll never forget this. <laughs> I saw the video. British Airways had their inaugural flight from London to St. Helena, and everybody was out there on the runway to catch the plane landing, and it lands, and the pilot comes off, and they interview him, and they said, How'd you, well, how was your flight? And he goes, we're never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> and they never did. They never did. So then Airlink comes in, and I have to tell you, it's a quite an interesting approach, and they make it. But now, because South African Airways is in such dis disarray, that's a subsidiary of South African Airlines, as you just told me, they're not operating, so somebody else filled the void with a completely different route. Much more of an adventure to get there. Oh, sure. Uh, but I, I can't wait to get there. These um, little fragments in the Atlantic are absolutely gorgeous. Actually, um, uh, much more accessible is the Azores, and we're getting more and more we flights. We love these. We've broadcast from there before, the nine westernmost islands in Europe. Yeah. Unbelievable experience, and I have to tell my audience, I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you, the food is unbelievable, it's affordable, uh, the people are great, the bakeries are great, I have to tell you, the honey is unbelievable. I collect honey now. Everywhere <sighs> I travel around the world, because everybody has honey, right? The Slovenians are wild honey makers uh, and beekeepers. Uh, in the Azores, they have honey. They have honey in Saudi Arabia, very dark, thick honey, which is great. But the cool thing about the Azores is the bullfights. What? Yep, you heard me. The bullfights. Because they're not really bullfights, they're more like bull chases. And and the bull doesn't die. So what they do is they'll you ask around which villages are gonna be in the bullfight today. It's really a bull chase, right? What it is, they bring the bull in, they tie it on a rope, and they just let it run. And everybody's behind barricades and some very brave or idiots, depending on how you look at it, wanna go challenge the bull, and sometimes they become airborne because the bull wins. But the point is, as long as you're behind the barricades, it's great. But the best part about it is the bull lives. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't think of a bad thing to say about the Azores. No, um, uh, and once you get there, I can absolutely vouch for the fact that each island is 
very much its own character. Uh, I've been to seven of them so far. Wow. I can't wait to get to the last two and um, any excuse to get back there. So we're on exactly the same page of the Atlas there. And for those people who are interested in that, there is service from the United States. Delta had service last year, which they stopped. Um, uh, and I haven't restarted it yet, but there, there is service out of Boston and obviously service out of Europe. Uh, so it's not difficult to get to. You just got to be a little creative. Sure, yeah. Azores Airlines um, flies out of Boston at the moment. I think they do have a, a Toronto flight. There's a lot of Azorian people in uh, in Toronto, so that's another possibility. But uh, yes, get there while you can, while it remains unspoiled. Okay, so we've talked about the Azores. We've talked about St. Helena. We've talked about Pemba Island. Any, any last ones on your list? Oh, sure, yeah. Egypt is going to be the absolute star of the show because um, it's just actually opened up um, uh, just, just uh, 10 days ago to people from the UK. It was taken off our red list. And I can't wait to get out there, not just because in winter the Nile, the Red Sea are absolutely gorgeous, but also the Grand Egyptian Museum is, is finally going to open, when? I hope. Everybody's well, asking me this question. Uh, sure, yeah. Um, it, it was due to open I think um, uh, last century nearly no it's, it's not done nearly as badly as uh, Berlin's airport in terms of delayed projects but it is behind schedule however I, I was in touch with the ambassador here in London and he says yeah by the end of the year but I don't know if that's noon on the 31st of uh, December or whether it might actually be uh, November I'm not booking to my ticket on the safe side folks go in February it will be open by then yes uh, by the way it's built Everybody's in board, on board. I've been in it. I've been in the, in the workshops. It's been unbelievable. And they still have, I, I, I'll say this again, it's, it seems expensive. I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's one thing to tour the museum. It's another thing to spend $250 and be allowed a special tour of the active workshops as they get deliveries of sarcophagi every hour on the hour and they begin opening things and you're standing right there. Uh, I'm telling you, this is a life-changing experience. If you're going to get in, and hopefully the museum is going to go open in the next four or five months, make sure whoever's booking your travel gets you that $250 special back tour of the workshops. You will not be disappointed. Absolutely agree, Peter. Always terrific to see behind the scenes. I remember my uh, backstage tour of the Hoover Dam. Can you believe? Really terrific experience. My thanks to Simon. Matthew Upchurch has seen an explosion in bookings to the United Kingdom since it opened to vaccinated America. And he's also seen a change in traveler behavior, even among some hoteliers. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Matthew, welcome to London. Thank you so much. And I should say welcome back to London because yeah. this marks for me, as I assume it marks for you, the first time in London in a long time. Absolutely. This is actually my first overseas trip, and it's been so amazing because this is one of those destinations where I can literally, it's like I'm having cellular, cellular memory recall because I've been here as a child, a young adult, a young family. Um, and it really has made me realize just how 
how travel just it has this this physical reaction in you, right? When you come back here, and it's just been really powerful, very mo- very emotional, quite frankly. My very first trip overseas when I was 12 years old, thank you, Mom and Dad, was to London. Mm-hmm. So I have great memories. Obviously, as a journalist, I've been coming here on average six to eight times a year because there's so many stories I report from here. Mm-hmm. So this is my first trip back in nearly two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to take anything for granted because there are a lot of people listening to the show who've never been to London. Mm-hmm. But the good news is it's now open. It's very much open. And I, I have to say, you know, we're here because we wanted to lead by example. We have so many great partners here. Um, and it's just been amazing. And everybody's talking about it. I mean, the the drivers, the cab drivers, you know, uh, talking about just how much it's changed even in the last three weeks. Yeah, let's talk about that because the rules... And by the way, the United Kingdom is the head of the class for changing rules. Um, you know, they had the traffic light system, the red and the amber and the yellow. They had quarantine rules that were crazy, that people couldn't even get around. Then, then they changed some of the rules. Then some countries were on the red list, some countries weren't. Then they're changing the rules again. Uh, but the good news is they finally said if you're a fully vaccinated American, you can come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as you can show proof of vaccination, yeah. you do not have to quarantine for 11 days. And to put this in some financial perspective, up until recently, if you did have to quarantine for 11 days, it would be at your expense over 2,400 pounds, that's $3,000, to stick in a room where you can't leave for 11 days. Mm-hmm. Not the best welcome to the United Kingdom. No, and, and when we said it, I mean, what's, you know, when, when, a new, when an announcement starts with simpler and cheaper, it's a good thing. <laughs> and that's how the announcement started when we got here, you know, only, what, 24 hours after I got here. Um, and so it's great, to, it's great to see that. And, you know, the, the testing being scrapped on the way in, the vaccinated Americans. I mean, so thank God for that. But it's, it's really quite amazing to see how, how lively it is, you know. I mean, look, first, the good thing is uh, they have scrapped some of those testing requirements after you arrive. You do have to show uh, a negative test on the way in. And, of course, under U.S. regulations, within 72 hours of your departure back to the United States, mm-hmm. you have to show a negative test mm-hmm. on the way out. Uh, mask requirements are still changing all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring one because you're going to need it for a lot of things. Uh, of course, you're going to need it to wear it on the plane. There's no change on that. But at least London is open and the hotels are not at 100%. So the good news now, we're in the third quarter. I mean, you're not going to be standing in line for anything. We're talking museums or any other public attractions. And um, the only thing that, that, that's still a problem, and it's not just a London problem or a United Kingdom problem, it's a global problem, is how do you staff the hotels? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you deliver the service when people really aren't back at work fully? Well, you know... For the Virtuoso Network, the one thing that, that, that responsible people are doing and the partners are doing is that they're only taking the capacity that they feel they can maintain the standards at. So that's where, you know, when when we are talking to our clients, dealing with the partners that we have relationships with, who can be very straightforward about what, you know, what, what it is, but for the most part... They're either very open about, you know, what is and isn't open or what, what outlets, what services. Um, but the most important part is they, that they pretty much all are staffing to the level they feel they can maintain the, the, the standards to. And I will say this for the, for the London hoteliers, which I can't really say for the American hoteliers. The American hoteliers have not been brilliant at full disclosure as to what they're not offering. Um, I checked into a hotel in Chicago recently a convention hotel, and the ironic thing, you were there that night for the American Society of Travel Advisors um, in Chicago. I check in, I asked the hotel if they could press my suit. 
No service offered. I asked them if their restaurant was open. No restaurant open. I asked them about housekeeping. They said housekeeping comes once every four days if you request it. Well, gee, what a surprise. What's the average stay of a, of a convention goer? Three. So, but none of this was disclosed and they were still charging their regular rates. Not appropriate. You need to c come up and have that discussion with me mm -hmm. and everybody else who's traveling prior to my arrival mm -hmm. or you're, you're guilty of failure to disclose. Well, and it's also, you know, it, and it's in it, it's it, ultimately it's in everybody's interest, right? The, the hoteliers that I've talked to in London are basically saying, we may have 200 rooms, but we're only going to fill 100 right now because mm -hmm. we cannot deliver the service to the 101st. Right. And that tends to be in, 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 you know, in the kind of the luxury space, that's actually where they do it the best because they have so much to lose if, if that, that reputation you build over time. And obviously, this is one of the most competitive hotel luxury markets in the world. I mean, the amount of product here. But you know, one thing that's been very interesting I've noticed though, Peter, in previous disruptions, the financial crisis, I mean, all the way back to the dot-com, everything else, the equities in real estate markets have actually maintained very strong. And I've never seen a period where travel was down as much as this has been, where so many properties have invested serious money in renovations. The number of times I've, I've said, I've heard, well, you know what? We were so busy before, we never got time to do this, and our owners went, went in. So they're playing the long game. So I've seen the amount of investment, so particularly in the luxury travel sector and in, in, in other sectors, there are wise owners that have playing the long game and I've never seen so much investment in in, in renovations and new products and things like that. Of course, at the other end of the spectrum, you have fearful owners mm -hmm. and you have fearful travelers and that's why some of those hotels have not opened mm -hmm. and they haven't actually returned. Well, and actually, as you say that, it, it, again, then that, that is another reason why you make sure that you know what you're doing. And obviously, I'm always going to say that you use a great travel advisor that has relationships. I was waiting for that to come up. That came but, up in the uh, <laughs> uh, first two minutes of this, of this segment. But you know what? I mean, yeah. that's 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 our job. Our job yeah. is to make sure that, you know, who's doing it and who's not. And, who's, and again, everything doesn't have to be perfect. You know, if I'm a traveler, let me know what's going on. And I can handle it and make an informed decision. The other thing is that's going on right now is every airline, whether they want to admit it or not, is now a low-fare carrier. Mm -hmm. uh, the airfare from New York to L.A. is $68 now. Uh, the airfare from Miami to Chicago is $31. And overseas, and that's where we are right now, we're looking at 90 separate city pairs from the United States to Europe, right? Between the, it could be like LAX to Madrid or Chicago to Finland that are under $340 round trip and coach. That's round trip and coach. It's crazy. And then business class fares are under $1,000 in many cases. This is unheard of. Yeah. It also seems to be come and go because some of the business class fares to be were pretty high. So that depends on when what's going to uh, you know, I'm looking at it as a cyclical thing. And I think what was happening is the fares were really going up. And it's also going to depend how much capacity they either put on or take off. Um, so it's, it's, it's very situational. Right, which is why if you're looking online to book something now or you're talking to a travel advisor, take a look over the next maybe four months to the end of this year mm -hmm. and book it now. Mm -hmm. Especially if you book it with a U.S. carrier because at least you know you're not going to get hit with a draconian ticket change fee. Mm -hmm. You can roll the dice. Mm -hmm. are, are, are some of your clients stacking their trips? Are, are, I, I'm seeing you're nodding your head. They're, they're booking... <laughs> that seems to be the hot subject. It uh, is. They're trip stacking, aren't yeah. they? And and here's... here's let me explain what that means. Yeah, yeah. They're figuring, okay, I've got this period of time to go someplace. Let's book five separate trips over the same period of time and we'll see what sticks. Yeah. Knowing that we're not going to lose our money on the other four. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is 
this is one of those things where, you know, the reason we have clients is because obviously we take care of our clients. But one of the reasons we can take care of our clients is because we make sure that we deal with our partners in a very, um, with high integrity. So I have mixed feelings because I think there's a lot of rationale about, you know, it's like, I don't know what's going to be open, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to set up three different trips over the same time. But the flip side of that is, you know, we have told our partners, be as flexible. Don't, you know, make sure that we can allow, we can cancel. Don't have draconian fees, et cetera, et cetera. But we also want the to make sure that, our, that our partners, right. then we don't want to all of a sudden say, well, great. Now we got hit with, you know, 30 days out, you know, 50% of my capacity didn't materialize. So I have a mixed emotions. And when you're dealing with good partners, which is how we deliver great service, is I want to make sure that, that I can do that for you, but I make sure that I don't want to over overdo it so what you're basically saying to your clients is please don't do that i'm saying don't overdo it right i mean it makes sense when you don't know what the i mean here's the flip side of that we had a lot of virtuoso clients that had already booked their favorite things in italy way before it was even open (laughs) and so they were like putting the chips on the table right way before and then they got lucky and it opened up and you know there was a massive you know italy got you know was really did really well this summer with with our travelers. All right, but the point is, you're telling everybody if you want to stack a trip, do one, don't do six. Yeah, do a few. Don't just don't go do a few. Don't go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we'll all lose that. Everybody will go back, you know, because that'll happen. Yeah. Then everybody will say, well, if this is the way the consumer is going to do it, then I'm going to. Then have, we'll make it non-refundable. Then we'll put it non-refundable. Wow. Let's not abuse it. But for the time being, though, London is open. London. You can get here. Yeah. And you can experience it. And it's vibrant. I mean, it's it's you know it's really vibrant. And you know what's cool about this. It's also like one of our advisors got in a cab and the cab driver said, I think you're the first American I've taken in, you know, since the pandemic. And he was so excited. And, you know, it is cool to be in a destination where you feel that. My thanks to Matthew. The British are coming. So are the Europeans, the South Africans, the Indians, the Chinese, and the Brazilians. America is opening up to vaccinated travelers from these countries in November. Roger Dow, the CEO of the U.S. Travel Association, is naturally excited by the development, but he's also concerned about whether the U.S. travel industry is actually ready to handle the new demand. Staffing issues at hotels, airlines, and restaurants remain a big issue. Roger, welcome. Hey, Peter, it's great to be with you. You know, this is... uh this is something you've been waiting for for quite some time. The United States tourism industry has been in big trouble because of that lack of revenue. Uh, are the floodgates now going to suddenly open up wide? I think the floodgates going to open up really wide. The day it was announced, Peter, British Airways uh, bookings to the U.S. went up 700%. British Air Holidays told me that they had the fourth busiest day in the history of the company. Lufthansa, biggest day that they've had in two years. So yeah, it's going to be a huge windfall. So we've talked about pent-up demand, but there's an example of it in in two different airlines. I'm assuming that also means, of course, if the airline bookings are going up, the hotel bookings are going up, the tour operator bookings are going up. uh, And it's not, you know, just business travel. It's visiting friends and relatives, people who haven't been able to get together, literally. Literally, I talk to friends of mine, you know, here in London and around the world. And uh, for Almost two years, they haven't been able to visit their children, their grandparents, perhaps, that might be here. And uh, it's long overdue. I think we should have done this sooner, but I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. I'm thrilled it's happened. Well, obviously, you wouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth unless it was wearing a mask. But forgetting go. that, <laughs> let's look at the, 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 the reality of this. We have morphed, and I think in an intelligent way, 
from looking at the vaccination levels of the destination to the vaccination levels of the people who want to go. And if you're if you're fully vaccinated and you're going to wear a mask and play by the rules, I can't understand why you would close your borders to those people. It has made no sense. Logic has gone out the window. Uh, in the U.S., we're, we're not yet at 60% fully vaccinated, yet all the people we're going to bring in are 100% fully vaccinated. So I'm saying you're bringing safer people into your community than your community. <laughs> Plus, they happen to have money. They have a lot of money. They've been saving up and they haven't been traveling. So it's going to be a boon for the travel industry. Give me an example, ballpark figure of how much revenue has been lost over the last 18 months. In international travel alone, we've lost $140 billion. That's with a B, $140 billion international. The industry's lost almost $500 billion and about six or seven million jobs. And that doesn't, that's revenue that doesn't come back. It's revenue that never comes back, and it, it doesn't hurt just the Disneys and the airlines, but it's the small businesses. It's the restaurants. It's the small shops that depend on this. Some of them close their doors, and they're not going to open again, and that's, that's one of the saddest things. Uh, the WTTC, the World Travel and Tourism Council, estimates that 62 million jobs are still at risk. There's no question. And one of the biggest challenges we have as an industry is getting workers. Uh, you cannot go into a Starbucks or a hotel or anywhere and not see now hiring. And uh, there's a tremendous shortage. Actually, it's now attempting to hire. Now, very good. Now attempting to hire. And the, the thing is, some people say it's because of the people who are getting paid not to work. But I think there's been a sea change in people wanting more flexibility. Uh, it's demographics. And I think COVID just sped it up and something that was coming for a long time. I have this idea. Tell me if you think I'm wrong. Uh, that, I mean, we, we've talked about this idea over the last 20 years. Every once in a while, a society in the world will try it, but I'm pretty. I'm of the belief that because it was triggered by the pandemic, it allowed people to rethink their lot in life. It allowed them to rethink their their definition of what they consider either a job or a profession, or a location where they want to work. It also may have changed the perception of how much they want to work. I actually think that we are going to go into a four day work week. I think you're absolutely right, uh, and it. it it's interesting. Uh, the millennials in my office are the ones that are pushing back the most and saying, I'm not sure I want that five-day week. Uh, they've got very used to partial weeks. And mothers who've stayed home with their children have said, you know, I now don't pay the nanny. I've saved money, and I'm maybe just breaking even working. Wouldn't I rather stay home with my family? And I think you're going to see some of that, too. Well, all of that then contributes to the same challenge that hotels and restaurants and airlines and anybody in the travel sector has. How do you staff it? Because here's the good news. The floodgates are open. Foreign travelers who've been properly vaccinated have the freedom now to come to the United States. But are we ready for them? It's going to be very difficult. We have hotels where general managers and sales department people are making beds and cleaning rooms. And uh, some hotels can't run 100% occupancy. They can only run 70% because they don't have the staff. So it is going to be a challenge, and we are not ready for it. Although I would argue that if you get a general manager to make the bed in the room, he'll have a much better appreciation or she'll have a much better appreciation of what housekeeping goes through. Won't that be? These, these you know, housekeepers, are, I, I love them. They're the heroes. They really are. And they uh, get up, they show up every day. Uh, and uh, some of them work because they get their benefits and, uh, and just terrific people. So... Looking at this, let's project out six months, nine months, a year. Obviously, we're in the third and fourth quarters now, and traditionally softer months, we know that. The United States has a little bit of a bump over Thanksgiving, but it's not enough to make your year, right? We have seasonality right now. We have weather coming in. But in those warm weather destinations like Orlando 
or like Southern California, they're going to benefit almost immediately. This is huge for them. Two things are happening. Americans are staying home, and Americans probably will not be venturing out to Italy or Safari for another year or two. And also, domestic leisure is doing phenomenally. Uh, some hotels that you mentioned, areas like that, had, did better during the pandemic than they did in 2019 because so much leisure business in the U.S. And local and regional. Exactly. So where do we go now? I mean, Family X wants to go to Disneyland. Family Y wants to go to Walt Disney World and Universal Studios. Uh, Are they ready? They're ready. And, There's a limited uh, number of Mickeys, you know. Well, there are, and they're, they're operating at uh, limited capacity right now. Minimum Mickey. <laughs> Minimum, mini Mickey. And so, uh, yeah, but the bottom line, the other thing that's happening is we're seeing our national parks are full. People are looking for the outdoors. Refuge. Even at this time of the year. Yep, exactly. Which means that so many of our national parks have learned from this summer, and they're now going to start taking reservations already for yep. next year. That's already started. That n- normally never happens. That never happens, and I talked to my friends in the cruise industry. Their bookings for 22 and beyond are off the charts. So once they can get sailing again, but it's because people have transferred cruises they were going to take, and the avid cruisers on top of that is going to make a huge 2022 for the cruise industry. My thanks to Roger, to Matthew Upchurch, and to Simon Calder. And my thanks to you for listening to this Ion Travel Podcast. For more conversations with the world's leaders in travel, as well as answers to your travel questions, be sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. And for all the breaking travel news, go ahead, fasten your seatbelt, then log on to petergreenberg.com. Special thanks to our sponsors at Clear. Enroll in Clear at clearme.com slash Peter and zip through busy airports nationwide. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes Podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews, and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.